You're listening to the Texian Review, a podcast with ideas as big as Texas. I'm Kate, and thanks for listening in. I have found a love of cooking to finally match my one true love of eating and trying new things. Now, Sure, for holidays, I would always pitch in and help because, you know, that's the duty of the youngest member in the family. But ever since the pandemic started, I have channeled my creative energy towards cooking. And today I have Lindsay, who also loves to cook and experiment with new recipes, here to talk about a couple of really neat Texas cookbooks. Hey, how's it going? So the two cookbooks that we're talking about today are Texas Eats and the Homesick Texans Family Table. So Texas Eats is by Rob Walsh, and it's a cookbook that has Texas history throughout the recipes, and it's just a really incredible journey through Texas and food in Texas. And if you're like me and Lindsay, you like to eat while you travel and travel while you eat. So if I, I, okay, if someone would make me incredibly happy, if they could create an app based off of Triple D. And so whenever I travel, if I could see there was a diver, diners, drive-ins and other Guy Fieri places, I would totally go there. Because he finds these best little hole in the wall places where every time they describe a recipe, my mouth is watering and it sounds like, authentic. And that's the stuff I've grown to love here in Texas. There are so many authentic places. And I think Texas is such a melting pot of so many different cultures. And because of that, we have so many incredible food combinations. I mean, what is Texas without Tex-Mex? It's not Texas. It's in the name. Tex-Mex. It's part of it. (laughs) It is, you know, we have Tex-Mex. We have influences of Czech because, you know, Kalachis, and I don't know if I'm going to say this right. Uh, help me. It's a Kablon, Kablonis, Kablonisk. Is it? Am I close? Uh, okay, I don't know. Okay, full disclosure, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we were actually googling how to pronounce some things just in case we picked up the wrong pronunciation. Because, well, and there's so many words native to certain languages that we've bastardized with our Texas accent or whatever. Oh, absolutely. Like, so I'm sure that applies to many foods. So and apologies in advance if we mispronounce things. The thing is, if we mispronounce it, it's because we've eaten it and we love it, and that's why we're talking about it's it. It's a good place. Yes. <laughs> It comes from love. But anyway, the Texas Eats cookbook, I think it's fascinating. I talk about it all the time. I was just had somebody tell me that I talk about it probably too much. So Rob Walsh, he traveled the length, width, and sideways of Texas. And he had all of these incredible experiences. He, in the front of the book, it says... He served as a judge at the Chuck Wagon Cook-Off, worked as a deckhand on a shrimp boat, and went mayhaw picking in the big thicket. As he drove the length, breadth, and width of the state, Walsh sought out the best in barbecue burgers, kolaches, and tacos. He scoured museums, libraries, and public archives, and unearthed vintage photos and culinary stories and nearly forgotten dishes. And that is what this book is. It is cooking through experiences in Texas history. And it, it breathes the richness of generations 
in that book. One of my favorite things is he has these little breakout boxes where in the South Texas section, he was talking about um, tamales and how they're really big here, especially around the holidays. Well, how did they get to be so big in our particular region of South Texas? And he was even going into the history of like in the 1880s and how tamale stands just like literally were everywhere on the sidewalks in front of nice buildings and whatnot. That like, sounds amazing. Just that, I've tried picturing that, that. That would be so cool if that happened today. Absolutely. Are you kidding? I don't. Do we have a tamale festival in Texas? Is that a thing? Let's I don't know, but I do know that we have incredibly neat and very unique Texas festivals of food stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, not, not far from here, you got Rockport Fulton. They have their oyster fest. Uh, you go central. Then you have uh, New Braunfels and Worst Fest. We have the Terlingua International Chili Cook-Off Championship, which I just attempted to make chili this weekend. And (laughs) in the comments, if you want to leave me a great chili recipe, I will try it and mention it on this podcast and let you know because I hated that chili recipe. And it was not from either of the books we're talking about today, just so you know. And we also have... The state fair up in Dallas where you can try any fried food that fits your fancy and have the best corn dog of your life. Very nice. It still befuddles me how people can have fried sticks of butter, but I couldn't do that. Uh, no, that's, no that's it's getting a bit far for me. No, I could maybe try. I don't think I would eat a fried Twinkie, but I would mm-hmm. try a fried Oreo. Okay. Yeah. It's the chocolate that would go against the I like that. fatty fried Sh- feeling. That, you know, shoot. With sweet to savory <laughs> juxtaposition in my eating. Okay, in this book, he talks about how there's an Indian influence in Texas food. I think he says up in Sugar near Sugarland, Texas, near Houston, they will put chutney on fajitas. fajitas. Yes, I read that and too. That sounds crazy, incredible. Awesome. I want to try that immediately. Oh my god, no! I love Indian food, so it makes me happy that Houston is just a short drive away, so I get my fix. Yeah, so Rice Village has some good ones. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever had Indian food. What? I know. I don't think I've ever had it. Well, you're in for a great surprise. Now I'm going to have Indian-inspired fajitas, Yeah, and that sounds... That's what I'm that's talking about. That's a great about. segue, actually, though, because I'm sure there's plenty of y'all listening who haven't had Indian food. You might be like, oh my gosh, it's so spicy. It's going to give me heartburn or something like that, and... There's wonderful Indian food that won't do that to you, but maybe if you do like a, you can't just call it Tex-Mex because it's obviously Mexican, call it Tindian. I don't know if you wanted to do a combination name for Oh, that. it could be Texian. Texian, oh, there you go. Like the bookstore. <laughs> but yeah, this is an interesting solution. So yeah, adding some Indian elements to Texan dishes might be a nice way to introduce yourself to that. We were also talking about this morning that one of my favorite little combinations of Texas versus another culture's food is a, it's like a pig in a blanket. It's a sausage roll. I'm not going to attempt to say what it really is because I'm going to butcher it. But anyway, at Bucky's, the store we all know and love to stop at in Peru's, they have a, this is, I'm so sorry guys, but they have a sausage jalapeno and cheese it's not a kolache. It's the Kloblana sec, Kloblanek. But that is such a good example of how a, you know, a Tex-Mex version of a Czech food. Yes. There are no jalapenos in Czechoslovakia or Prague or wherever from that region. But they came here. Actually, they came here around shortly after the um, wave of German immigrants. And a lot of them have incorporated stuff. 
there's actually an amazing, it's this, again, like I said, these holes in the wall restaurants. Uh, this woman, Gabby, moved to Beeville years ago and set up a German restaurant in Beeville. Of all places, little Beeville has authentic German food. She's so good. Germans have eaten there and said, oh yeah, it's like back home. And she actually, with her schnitzel, has an option for a jalapeno gravy. That sounds incredible. Yeah, it's fantastic. Y'all, if you are anywhere within a stone's throw of Beeville, it's worth the drive. I love German food. I absolutely so, adore German food. That's heartwarming. It, it, it's, it is true comfort food. Yes, a chicken fried steak is comfort food, which I, you know, schnitzel, look at that. <laughs> but oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, you know, same, same, but different. Another book that we wanted to talk about today is called the homesick Texans family table. And it has all of the recipes that if you left Texas, you would miss. It has Tex-Mex, barbecue, even a how-to for a shrimp boil. It's a good book of good Texas home cooking. This weekend, I actually made one of the recipes. It's a chori queso, so it's a chorizo queso recipe. It was easy to make, very tasty. I would recommend giving it a try. I will have to say this is more of a scoop queso than a dip queso because it was a little stringy. It wasn't in the normal Texas queso of you dunk a chip and then it comes out perfectly coated in queso. <laughs> it, was, it was more of a stringy dip scoop queso. You know, there are so many different variations of queso that exist out there. It actually, I think, is there like some sort of correlation to what part of Texas you come from for how your queso is, how liquidy or not? That is fascinating and we should find out. We need to, okay, we're going to have to put in for some time off for a research trip. Yes. And we will have a queso episode. That would be fueled by margaritas and queso. Fantastic. You know, but this recipe, I think next time if I were to make it, I think I would make it in the skillet like it says, but I want to make it into nachos and then put slice up jalapenos and put diced tomatoes over the top. I mean, it is the most perfect food for sitting in front of the TV to watch some football. Yeah. That sounds that like it. It is the most perfect food. Because well, it's, yeah. you know, it, you've had to put a little bit of effort into it. It is kind of fancy. So it's not, you know, the good old Velveeta and Rotel <laughs> that has got me through some hard times. <laughs> but it's great. And I would say from personal experience that it pairs perfectly with an ice cold beer. Yeah. Well, I would agree with your thought earlier that this book is really great for someone who is, like the title says, literally homesick. The Texas Eats book is wonderful for getting to know food in a historical, cultural way. And there's some recipes in there that are much more complicated, where if you, let's say, live in uh, Michigan or something, you're not going to find half of the ingredients, perhaps. Right, like the barbecued blue crab and things like that. Exactly. But if you're a transplant Texan somewhere else, or you know someone and you want to give them a gift, like this book is great because it also takes a lot of normal American dishes and it kicks it up a notch with some Texan infusion. Maybe it's with the jalapeno or with uh, certain cheeses that Germans and Czechs use or something like that. So there's a twist on things as well as some authentic Texan dishes. I think it's also, you know, when I, I've traveled a lot and I know that I spent some time over in Europe and I got to a point where all I wanted was (laughs) chips and salsa. You know what? That is all I could think about was greasy enchiladas chips queso salsa nachos like I wanted the whole wanted the whole enchilada (laughs) (laughs) and I couldn't find it anywhere I actually walked 10 like I think 10 miles to a 
Scottish Mexican food restaurant. Oh, that sounds a little risky. It was a little strange. So when I I was in England for a short time, I love one of my favorite places to visit was Trafalgar Square, just because I love the Nelson Monument, uh, St. Martin in the Fields, the National Gallery and all that's there. And I would always notice every time smack in the middle of it all is the Texas Embassy. It's a restaurant. Really? Called the Texas Embassy. I mean, I actually never went in and I should have <laughs> because That's I never so knew that neat. I'd be living in Texas someday. But yeah, so if I ever am back there again, I want to go check it out. And if any of y'all have been there, please comment on our Facebook about this episode and tell us about Update your experience. Us. Like, did you eat there? What What's going on? But what Texan is going to go abroad? And then maybe you do. Maybe if you're there for a long time and you want, you know, but like, some fajitas Texas is or its some own barbecue. Country. We have a freaking embassy, whether or not it's official. We it have is. an embassy. But it's kind of cool. So here in South Texas, we actually uh, a little under two hours away from where we are right now in Victoria, Texas. We have Lockhart, Texas, which is the barbecue capital of Texas. And I have eaten at several barbecue places there and I have yet to have bad barbecue. And they're all different. They all have different a different little flair, but they're so good. <laughs> if you have to go to Austin, just pop down go to Lockhart and yeah. you will not be disappointed. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are some very famous barbecue in Austin. I mean, like you have Franklin, Franklin, excuse me, or just outside and Driftwood. I think it's Driftwood. I think where Salt Lake is. Oh my God. Salt oh, Lake was my first right. barbecue coming here. And I still dream about it sometimes. And it never lives up to that first moment, but I have so many more uh, barbecue places to experience and Lockhart has a lot to pick from. And I have to mention a barbecue place that is very near and dear to my heart because I would eat there pretty much every day if I could, which in Victoria, Texas, where we are right now, we have Mumford's Barbecue. Yes. It is run by the best family and it is so good. Their barbecue chicken and the ribs and the sausage and the brisket. And I don't, this is going to be bad. Don't judge me for this. I don't like barbecue sauce at all. I don't. I always get ribs and I say no barbecue sauce. And mm-hmm. then people look at me like I'm an alien. But Mumford's barbecue sauce is the best barbecue sauce I have ever had. They're fantastic. And uh, I'm one of those people yeah. that if I don't like something, I still try it. Mm-hmm. So I have, I'm not an ignorant barbecue, barbecue sauce. Yeah. Well, person. and for ribs, yeah, I understand that. But at the end of the day too, like if it's good barbecue, you don't need a sauce. No. Like a tender brisket, you don't want to cover up that flavor at all. I mean, I'm getting so hungry by talking about know, this. <laughs> you know what? I just thought, I mean, barbecue is such a niche of its own. We should do a whole episode on barbecue someday. We really should. Because there are books out there strictly about Texas barbecue. There's a, there's, they released a, a Texas monthly issue that was barbecue in Texas. Mm-hmm. No, and it's so well, funny. They have a regular list and actually Mumford's made the list. Like if you all are in Victoria, you 100% need to check out Mumford's. They and made their list. And it's such a cool experience because it's, it's in an old building. You walk in and it's family owned and it just, it has a feel inside that you don't get anywhere else. We also... Speaking of really cool places in Victoria, we also have the Pump House, which is this mm-hmm. restaurant that's beautiful and it sits right on, <laughs> it sits right on the Guadalupe River mm-hmm. and it is just so wonderful to just go sit out by the river, bring mosquito spray because we're in Texas. Yes, yes. That's a thing, y'all. Don't and go during locust season. They will seriously scream you out. I was, I was there on a date <laughs> and oh. I, I couldn't hear him talking because the locusts are so loud. <laughs> That's funny. That's one of the things I love most about Texas. Every town has a great 
little restaurant that really encompasses the town. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from, it's the Hanging Tree Restaurant in Goliad. Mm-hmm. You have, what's a place in Beeville that is just a great Beeville restaurant? I mean, Beeville Diner has been there a while. Um, so we've got a lot of little places. Or Gasthaus Berliner Bear, the German restaurant that I was talking about before. They're fantastic. So for lunch today, I had Facetti's. That's a cool little deli. It's, the, it's actually the second oldest delicatessen in Texas. Exactly. I was going to share that. It was, it's cool. You walk in and you feel the history there. The food is great. It's like, it keeps on going. Yeah, it's never going to stop. I mean, I was there today and I sat down and the waitress knew my name and it's just one of those small town, mm-hmm. perfect little restaurants where you can get soup and salad and every week it's going to have the same specials that are going to be <laughs> just right. It's such a neat place, but it's a really, it's another good example of Italians in Texas because mm-hmm. we have the, the macaroni line passed through here. That's right. Yeah. We had a bunch of uh, Italian immigrants were part of the railroad that came through here and brought their culture and hence called calling it the macaroni line. I had uh, um, a friend who knows his history of Victoria extremely well. And I can't remember if it was the Rosebud Cafe here or if it was Fazetti's. I want to say it was Rosebud. Bonnie and Clyde stopped off there on part of their rampage. So my, one of my favorite restaurants in Victoria, Texas is Dairy Treat. Yes. I, that is my, so that is my ride or die. If I eat there once a week and I get the exact same thing. It was actually my first hamburger I, have, I ever ate when I was little. Like the, we love Dairy Treat, but Elvis Presley ate there. Oh, cool. Yeah. The yeah. king. I mean, then they are the ultimate. If the king has eaten there and liked it. You don't, you don't do better than a Didn't burger and fries. did you tell me some crazy story? Like some celebrity ordered it flown in or something? Yeah, there was a celebrity. I can't, I'm not she even going to. like Madonna or Cher or something like that. Somebody of that caliber of human being. <laughs> they were doing a concert in San Antonio, Austin, Corpus Christi, something like that. And they heard about Dairy Treat and they had someone drive down, grab them a burger <laughs> and drive it back. That says a lot about a burger joint. And it's cool because yeah. it's the old fashioned. You drive up, you walk up to the window, you order, they call your number. Mm-hmm. They have a different sherbet every day. Wow. It's it, so fun. If you could pick one, maybe two, maybe I'll give you two restaurant establishments that are the epitome of Victoria history and just it's you have to eat here if you've if you visit Victoria or live here what two would you pick that's so hard (laughs) I would definitely say Mumford's because that is Mm -hmm. great barbecue I know you're biased toward Dairy Treat though I'm so biased toward Dairy Treat but I mean I eat at Dairy Treat and Fasati's all the time so I'm gonna (laughs) say those three okay but if I'll you're stopping you in for a fun time, I would go pump house or fun fact, there's a bar downtown called 205 and they have great food. Really? Great food. They have gr- their steaks. Cause you know, Texans, we live for the red meat and their steaks are so good. And I love their salmon. It's really good. So those, I would say those. Well, very nice. Yeah. I like those. Do you picks. have any Beeville haunts that we should travel to? I mean, like I'm German all the way. They're great. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Like we have too many taquerias to count, but so we do, all love going to our taquerias. My, it's funny. People ask me what my favorite like Tex-Mex Mexican food restaurant is, and I don't have one, but I have a dish that is my favorite from everyone. Yeah, that's true. Some of them are just especially good at a particular dish or it's maybe just, have better chips or maybe have better tortillas. 
Mine's more, it's like what I grew up eating. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I go to La Tejanita, I always get carne asada. You know, if I go to Las Palmas, it's the street tacos. Like I have my special things at each one. I'm hungry for Tex-Mex, man. I'm always hungry for Tex-Mex. Actually, so my favorite thing is just to go to like the people who park on the side and sell tamales. Like even though it's shady, you know they're really good. Yeah, that, but... Ventura's tamales. Ventura's is also good. I have asked my parents when I was in college, I asked them to bring them to me. They are so ridiculous. And the thing is, they are so without fail. Awesome. They always taste the same. They are a steadfast tamale. (laughs) That is what they are. So back to the cookbooks. Lindsay, I kind of wanted to ask you, you, is there something very Texas that you cook? Very Texas, very Texan, Texas-y food that is a specialty of yours? That is a specialty of mine? I would probably say more along the lines of any of the Tex-Mex type dishes. So growing up, I didn't have active grandparents, but we um, we had this sweet older woman named Ramona, and she was basically my adopted abuela and raised us um, on the weekends or when my parents went away or after school. And so I learned how to make tortillas with her um, her chicken burritos. Um, and so I try to cook as many Tex-Mex recipes as possible and just relive her memory through that. That's awesome. Yeah. Are tortillas really hard to make? Oh my God. Her tortillas are so good. The secret is hot water. Really? Mm -hmm. So I might have, you might have to teach me how. I would love to. That would be fantastic. My next goal is to try to do tamales. I haven't I've heard that is very tedious. It is. I have, (laughs) I've heard it's worth it in the end, but it takes a long time. I heard these ladies talking about they were doing a tamale party where they all bring different ingredients. And so they just drink margaritas and make tamales. (laughs) And I think that is so fun. I think that sounds great. Let's do it. (laughs) Absolutely. I think I cook a lot of very Southern home cooked pies and we have a dewberry cobbler that has been passed oh, down. Cool. It was my great grandmother's recipe, and it is the best. My mom always keeps gallon bags of frozen dewberries mm-hmm. in the refrigerator. Yeah. You know, my mom when I was younger, we would take our we had a stick that in case we saw a snake, we would we would hit the snake, uh-huh. and we'd put our boots on and we'd go out on the side of the road or near a railroad track, and we would go pick yeah. dewberries. And it was a lot of fun. I, it, you know, I learned a lot. It was a great bonding thing. Yeah. And I want to do it with my kids one day. Well, and that's the common thread between both of our answers. Like it goes back to family. And that's what you see. I mean, the Homesick Texan book is great. But I think of the two books where we reviewed, the Texas Eats book stands out a million times to me because yes, it's telling the history of the regions and whatnot, but you can hear the stories of families that created these restaurants that brought their own recipes to Galveston or to El Paso or San Antonio, wherever it is. And the people in those cities recognize the value, um, the tastiness, the love behind that. And it became a state icon, but it all starts with family. Absolutely. It puts, it almost puts, it's like putting a face to a name or a name to a face. This book puts history to food. And for me, that really hits home because I love food so much that it is fascinating to learn how these different cuisines came to Texas, why they're here, what did it mean for these people? How did it change their life that they came up with these things and their stories coming from, whether it's Germany or Czechoslovakia. (laughs) I mean, there's even French influence too, coming from Louisiana. And actually, absolutely. A lot of people forget France, the, the French flag flew over Texas before 
Spain. That's true. Or Mexico. I or, love Cajun food. Yeah. Man, a crawfish boil sounds so good right now. <sighs> Man, yeah. I could do that. Crawfish right boils now. are great. Can have that happening. There's good also time. this book covers Viet Texas Texan food, mm-hmm. Pakistani fajitas. Yep. What else is in yeah, here? Yeah, you got the banh mi down on the coast. Oh, so good. Uh, Man, yeah. I love Texas seafood is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I mean, I grew up, we would stay up all night long. We would catch trout and then we would, we'd bring it in and we'd have trout for breakfast, trout and grits mm-hmm. for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then we would keep fishing and whatever we caught, that would be dinner. Mm-hmm. And we would have fr- fried trout yeah, with lima beans and, you yeah. know, the good Southern comfort foods. Yeah. Well, and, and that's where I said, like, this book isn't great necessarily for anyone across all stretches of America because for example like we do so much hunting down here like we'll cook with hog we'll cook with venison I mean I'm sorry if you're living in LA you're not gonna go hunting anywhere (laughs) (laughs) but like and actually um a couple weeks ago the um the country club in Beeville they throw an annual wild game dinner and I love it because I get to try things that I don't normally um but no yeah you have hog Frog, frog legs, you know, the usual duck. If you And if you like gamey venison. things like that, in Houston, there's yeah. a really nice restaurant called Cafe Annie. And it has the gamier, oh, cool. beautiful food. And it has that kind of gamier element to it as well. Like so it's it. kind of, if you want fancy, yeah. go there. Honestly, like eating in Texas is a culinary adventure. It if really you're is. willing to be adventurous. I can't emphasize enough how many cultures are embraced in this huge state that we live in massive yeah i mean it takes so long to drive the state but i would do it to eat all of the different foods <laughs> i would i'm not kidding it is worth it to have it is bratwurst and sauerkraut in fredericksburg and then drive up to east texas for i don't know what's in east texas yeah so there's so many great places i mean i just want to give honorable mentions to some places that have stood out to me since moving here you can't go wrong with a check stop in West oh. Texas for those clutchies. You got projects. Oh, uh, projects is one of my favorite places because not only do they have pies, do they have pastries, but they have in- an incredible meat counter. Yes. I mean, they have a center <laughs> cut ribeye that is one of the best cuts of meat I've ever had. Wow. They have amazing jerky. One it's of my, an essential stop off on yeah, the way to Houston. One of my favorite meals, like when I come home, when I came home from college, my mom knew that I had to have Proshek's chicken sausage with grits. And that is one of my favorite meals. Nice. It's so good. It's a, it's between Victoria and Houston in mm-hmm. El Campo. Mm-hmm. And it is a stop you have to make. Yeah. If you're on the coast, I would say I, to be honest, I haven't eaten a whole lot in Galveston, so I'm sure there's standouts there. I just don't know of any. I've never been to Galveston either. What? I know. Okay. But if you're further down our way in Rockport, there's Charlotte Plumbers is great for seafood. Um, In Port O'Connor, you have Kathy's, which is always great. They have really good flounder. They have a huge all-you-can-eat fried shrimp. And starting, (laughs) you know, in November, we can eat oysters, which is so exciting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, nothing says the holiday like oysters. No, they're so good. Um, Let's see. What else stands out to me? Going to Clear Springs Restaurant in New Braunfels. They're really good. 
Um, or the grist mill. In the new, grist in, mill, gr- yes. In green. Oh it's gosh. such a cool place to just then, sit outside. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're getting to a lot more of the German up in there in the central Texas area. But so. essentially, Texas is so diverse and it has so many incredible little either whether you want a hole in the wall place or you want a place that's on a top 10 list. We have every kind of food that you can imagine. We can't possibly name them all. Like I didn't even hit San Antonio. <laughs> Again, this is a, oh, puffy tacos in San Antonio. Yes. That's a must Labadio. have. <laughs> yes. And it's amazing how, I mean, we have so many different kinds of foods. We might need to do like part two, part three of the food part talks. Four. Absolutely. Yes. It's, it's so much fun. I love talking about food. I don't know if you can tell. It's yeah. one of the things that makes me most happy. We hope we didn't make y'all too hungry. Or if we did, go find a Texas restaurant. Yeah. Or come visit Texas and then eat at restaurants. Well, if anything, I hope that this podcast helped you resolve that there are so many wonderful, authentic places to eat that you don't need to eat fast food. Those places are everywhere. Yeah. And if you want the calories, I promise you a chicken fried steak has close to as many calories as a Big Mac. Maybe more, but it's worth it. It's so I had one for dinner <laughs> last night. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening in and go grab your copy of Texas Eats and the Homesick Texans Family Table. You won't regret it. They're really great and they'd be fantastic gifts to someone. Thank you so much for coming and talking about food and recipes today, Lindsay. I really appreciate it. Anytime. I love talking food with you and other stuff. It's Oh yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Who doesn't love to talk about food? But thank you guys so much for listening in today and join us next time on the Texian Review.